When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today we got 905 Shooter on the show. How are you living, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Are you? Yeah. That was good to hear. Thank you. And also, uh, congrats to Adam on getting engaged. This is the second podcast since I got engaged, but she didn't mention it on the first one. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. How's the how's the fatherhood going? It's great. Six months in, you know, can't complain. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How's everything going with you? Uh, it's great. So I came here with my buddy uh, two weeks ago. Okay. And we literally planned this about um, a week and a half before leaving. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we just decided to go to L.A. and California. And we said, let's just create content here. Hell yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> here we are. How's it been going? It's been great. So we first started in San Clemente. Uh-huh. And we went to San Diego. And then we drove up to Malibu and we're staying with the friend that's actually here with us. Right. And so we've just been traveling everywhere around California. Hell yeah. 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 When I've been looking at your YouTube channel and shit, it seems like most of the stuff you've been doing is kind of more like, uh, like, I don't know, traveling, sort of just exploring. Just yeah. th- is that how you would describe it? Yeah. Basically what I, it was unintentional where I was in Toronto a lot. Uh-huh. And since I know the city so well, I thought I'm like, why don't I just show people parts of Toronto uh, spots or landmarks in Toronto that people may not know of if they're not from the city. Uh-huh. And so I kind of just started going with it. And I've been doing it for about three months where I just want to like be a sort of tour guide for people who are wanting to visit or never seen it before. Right. And like give them an insight look of what Toronto really feels like without actually being there until, you know, the lockdowns and wherever you are ends really right so that was my whole goal and then coming here to california it was basically the same thing of just like taking what i got from that experience and transitioning into california where i get to show people like san monica pier or san diego downtown and we just got to stay at um he actually my buddy aaron actually emailed a couple hotels so we stayed for free at a place in san clemente how do you do that how do you get the free hotel stays i've never attempted this so it's little, I hear about people with like no followers pulling this off and I'm like, damn, maybe I should do that. It's a bit of a life hack, but basically he would just email these, uh, all these different hotels and just give them statistics of like what this engagement of this person is, how many followers, how many like sort of, um, comments and all these other stuff that they put with brand companies. And for me, for example, it just, just showed like my YouTube, my Instagram, my TikTok, and just kind of give them analytics uh-huh. and just tell them like, We'll do, you know, photos and videos for you guys if we uh, if you allow us to stay here for uh, free accommodation. Right. And that's kind of how he did for the first um, even the couple of days before we got there. He just emailed a bunch of places, uh-huh. and it was a place called the Surf Break, which I put it on my YouTube channel. Okay. And then 
the same thing happened in San Diego where we stayed at the Intercontinental. Really? And it was an amazing hotel. So you're just able to stay for free and all they expect of you is to like tag it and sort of post about exactly. it and shit? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And And honestly, it's more of like if you st- strategically say in the email what you're going to give them an incentive. And mm. it's the same thing with photography where if you don't really have a skill set, I say, or a reason for these people to reach back to you and not really come off as professionally, then they're just going to think you're just another person trying to like use and abuse them in a way. Right. Right. Because I've seen people go viral before for like, there was some lady who like some, some influencer hit her up and was somebody with like no fucking followers and they were like trying to get the free stay or whatever. And she posted it on fucking Twitter or some shit, just like just making fun of them so bad. And it went so viral and I guess that always kind of like made me think like, no, there's no way. You think if I call up like the local Motel Six that they're gonna let me stay there for free for like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take pictures of your hotel here and I'm not gonna fucking tell everybody that it's a roach-infested crack <laughs> den and that there's prostitutes crawling the streets outside. Um, uh. Don't mention that, but um, yeah, it's <laughs> maybe more of like a set of positive, like not like I'm not gonna expose you, more no. like I'm gonna show you in a good light. Exactly. Mm. And so you also want to give them the most positive feedback when you're staying there and like, you know, tell them an experience that, you know, you may not know of about this place. And like, mm. it's a surf town. So we had no idea going there. That's why it's called the Surf Break Hotel, which mm. is kind of caters to these people who are wanting to surf or just experience someone new away from the whole city of L.A. and get away from the big cities. Mm. And I like those type of cities where like they're a bit smaller and it's a more chill community where people just like are more sort of nicer mm-hmm. in a way. Um, it sounds a bit rude, but it's kind of how Toronto is a big fucking city, and everybody's nice as fuck. Not I just, mean, in comparison to here, not it's a just big Toronto. city, and everybody's nice. Yeah, everybody in Canada's nice. As yeah, fuck. yeah. Well, what is that? I don't understand. There's always Karens everywhere in the world, so they're always <laughs> running around somewhere, right? Definitely. Yeah. So or wherever like Press is from, I feel like that's probably like not a very nice place. No, he's from Jane and Finch area, and it's along a street called Driftwood Avenue, right? Which is one of the most. It's not well. It kind of is dangerous, but right. it's one of the most talked about areas of Toronto when it comes to like the hood. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Like when I was watching the video about all the Canadian rappers killing each other, I was like, damn, every time I've been there, everybody's so nice. But apparently, got to be drillers everywhere. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think for me, I don't only want to show the good, but somewhat shed some light on the bad areas. Mm. Like, for example, my buddy Aaron, he went to uh, San Francisco last fall and he was telling me how people there, it's very uh, secured in terms of like, people breaking into cars and all that. And especially like if you leave it on the street, people break their back windows. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that like people don't really sort of talk about, I guess on social media, like the bads. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's people who experienced the bad that talk about it because that's all they knew. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people kind of uh, scare, they stray away from the bad Mm. in a way. And that's like the same thing for me where I kind of want to shed the light where this is the reality of it. This is what we go through and not everybody gets to see it. Right. Because mm. they don't have the the privilege and the accessibility to social media or the Internet like we do. The question is just how far you're willing to go, because I bet you can get a lot of views if you like embedded within like a bunch of heroin addicts and just lived amongst them and did heroin and became addicted to it. Yeah. And a lot of YouTubers nowadays, they uh, incorporate homelessness. Really? Into their videos, and yeah. they do it? 
they yeah. actually live on the street? Some, That's crazy. I don't know about living on the street, but they like make a video based around the homelessness and like uh, someone sent me a video about how they um, gave like a mukbang, I think, okay. with uh, with one homeless. Oh, I think okay. it was Brendan Taylor. That's got to be probably an easy sell because they're all hungry as fuck. So you bring them some food, they eat it. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's just kind of sort of what I want to not always do. But if there's a moment in time where I have the chance to, I will show it to a certain degree. Right, mm. because obviously people don't really they get offended when they hear this or they see it, and they're like, "Why are you doing this?" Mm. And if they have no context, no um, story behind it, then they're just gonna assume. Mm. And I've said this before, where people on the internet they just create their own assumptions, their own narratives when they don't get the full context behind the person's story told by themselves and not and and through other people telling their story about you mm. right and that's i that's one of the talking points i mentioned in uh the email right. to laura about people creating the narratives for me yeah definitely so yeah for a lot of people they really only know of you starting at the moment where you started working with nelk basically what uh led up to that like what kind of what was your life like uh leading to that were you in high school or college at that time or so I started photography in 2014 when I was 19. Okay. So that was quite before now. That was in 2017 when I became a full-time employee. Okay. And not, there's a lot of people that know this because they're, they're probably like OG viewers. They've seen it from the beginning where before I came and when I started. Mm. And they know my story where I used to, I was in college for about three <laughs> years before I dropped out. And I did like IT for like a year and I did culinary for two years. And I just basically said to myself, I don't want to do this. I just want to focus on just working. So I, I actually didn't tell this before, but I used to work at Little Caesars back like before I started working at Walmart for two years, from oh, wow. 2015 to 2017. What did you like better, Little Caesars or Walmart? Walmart, because Little Caesars, I worked there for five months, and it felt like a prison where like they yeah, had right. two windows on the very front of the of the place, and everything else was just all walls. So it felt like a jail cell. There. Yeah, Little Caesars is like solitary, and Walmart is like <laughs> at least you get to roam around with the general population, right? <laughs> exactly, and you get to like actually talk to people. Right. And so I worked at Produce for two years in um, in Walmart, and in 2016 I went to high school with Kyle. Okay. And nobody really knows this or wants to give me credit but i give him credit for all the opportunities that he provided for me and basically changing my life in a different way than i was going before that mm. so i was basically working at walmart i had no plans i had like okay photography was like for two years that i started didn't really have a direction of what i wanted to do and so in 2016 i did a part-time where i did like filming uh, a video i did a starbucks video I did with them where they pretended to be an employee mm. and then I just took photos for them just ca casually whenever I had a day off and I would get paid like 50 bucks a day and were they big at all yet or were they having any kind of success what was your viewpoint on what they, was going on with they them they were still on the come up they were just under a million subs subscribers I believe around 700-ish when I first became like when I first started taking photos of them and how did you even engage that conversation if you went to high school with them like how'd you reach out so I really didn't talk to him much during high school. Okay. He was indifferent, like he was more academic. I was kind of just in the middle. Mm. And so after high school, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I do photography. I see that you're doing really well with Nelk and I want to be a part of it because I just, you know, basically cold called him. Right. And so 
he gave me the opportunity to come along and you know start taking photos like i said and i didn't really think about quitting my job because it was such a huge risk for myself not knowing where this could lead to but i knew that there was a potential for this to start being coming bigger than what we initially thought at the beginning mm. and this was right after lucas left and i still remember it was like 2017 of february mm -hmm. and i came in september so between those months it was just them kyle and jesse right and so when i came along i became a third member that people started to kind of follow along and when we started growing hit a million subs still remember like october of 2016 17 actually right and the first week i i went um we went to boston new jersey and and new york and then the week after when we were coming back from the border i still remember this we were coming to the border of niagara falls and we get a dm well jesse gets a dm from uh, banks he said hey guys like i see you um you're doing mm. really sick with your your work come out to LA and live with us in the cloud house. Yeah. And that was like the second, third week that I was a part of Nelk. And then like reality hit me. I was like, wow, I'm actually going to LA for like the longest time. Right. Didn't expect this. We stayed there for about a week, filmed a bunch of content that I'll consider classics now. Mm. Right. And so that was for my whole journey from 2017 to 2019. And like what, what would you describe as your role in all of it at that time because it kind of went outside of just you doing photos and stuff right like you were just kind of like an on-camera personality i remember like when i first started watching it i was curious i'm like who is this dude like he's the only one who's like not white and he's kind of quiet and he just definitely has like a different character than a lot of the other dudes on the show like how would you describe like your role and everything yeah so i like I said, I started as a photographer and a filmer uh, at the very mm. beginning of the, for maybe the first year and a half. Mm. And people don't know this. And I, I, I really wanted to kind of come on this podcast and really sort of tell behind the scenes of what people don't necessarily know about. Mm. It was just literally us three on the road. I was the filmer, so I would film all the pranks, uh, have the camera with a vlog, film everything. Um, you know, I'd be the guy to like import everything, um, edit like some of the, the vlog footage. He uh, and Kyle would film the, uh, edit the pranks. And then I'll be the guy to put subtitles in because <laughs> I don't know, like I'm kind of a perfectionist. Mm. So I really wanted to make the production of the video look, you know, super well produced in terms of like grammar, for example. Like it's, it's a weird obsession where like, I just like to make things look really good, perfected. And so that's what I started doing, taking the photos. A lot of the photos probably before was like, were photos I took. Mm. And so that was what I was known for. And people don't know that we traveled to LA like three times in a car, in a Mazda 3, driving from Miami to all the way cross country while still editing videos in the car and uploading them when we get to this like next city. So people don't really sort of know what we had to go through uploading three videos a week mm. on a Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday every single week for the past year or so. Right. And like when you're a new viewer, you don't necessarily sort of go back to the old beginnings. You more mm. so look through the recent videos that you see and then kind of move forward from there. Mm. Um, people don't necessarily understand how long it takes to really produce videos, how to like go through the struggles of finding Wi-Fi to upload a video and not like be worried about 
how slow it takes. Right. And so we would go to fans' houses and upload the videos, but they're like living at parents' house. <sighs> like they're like 16, 17. We're just like, yeah, like anybody in the, you know, <laughs> Texas. Who's got good Wi-Fi? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We would just be like, anybody who has good Wi-Fi, hit us up. We'll be down to come through, film this, and vlog about our struggles. Yeah. Right. This was before we had money. This right. was, we were living on a budget, really. And the production wasn't as good as it was mm. um, up until 2019 is when we started to really start hiring more people like Austin, Adrian, Alex as editors and other filmers. Uh -huh. And Austin, you remember Austin? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Osgod. Right. He was the main guy that would edit everything from beginning to end. So he's basically the last guy that you go through for the video to be uploaded. Right. And so once he started kind of getting the mix and I also credit him for my editing and my filming that I started to produce on my YouTube. I got the inspiration through him because he really mentored me into becoming a photo uh, an editor and a filmer that I am today. Uh -huh. And so, you know, going back, like people don't necessarily, um, I guess they, they overshadow what we had to go through and then only look forward to like what they see now. Right. You know? Because now when you look at Nelk, it's like, wow, everything is so polished, well, well put together. The merch is like crazy. Exactly. Like, how the fuck do they have that much stuff going on? It's like super professional now. Exactly. Um, but yeah, when you were dealing with them, it was definitely a lot less polished and shit, huh? Exactly. It was more struggle where tireless nights of us editing, making sure this video gets up at this certain time, this certain day, while still traveling to different cities and then making our way to L.A. where we still didn't know anybody really. Like mm -hmm. we only knew Banks and that was really it. And everyone who lived in the phase house. Right. Or the cloud house, whatever you want to call it. Right. And so we really had to keep going back there every single time to kind of establish our names within LA and mm -hmm. get our name out there to, to meet people like you or I don't know, Big Dawes or just all these other big influencers uh, back in the day. Right. Right. And you know, it's a real struggle when you're also for me personally, it's more of like I'm behind the scenes and you know, at, at times I felt like, okay, I don't really sort of get the recognition that I sort of was looking for, oh. even though I don't want to be in the spotlight, at least, you know, sort of be rec um, recognized as a member of Nelk. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And there actually were people that actually appreciated me as a as a filmer and an editor and you know somebody that um, was really you know the third member mm. you know and and there was other people who just focused on you know Kyle and Jesse as the main guys right you know and so back in the day I just felt more like it was kind of in my head where like why don't people sort of appreciate me more right mm. I had that mentality of like. You know, I was kind of like the outsider looking in, in a way, mm. you know, and sometimes when you're in that mentality, it kind of like um, it eats up, eats you alive sometimes where your ego and your confidence starts becoming lower 
and then you start feeling like you're a bit more lonely or like distant from everyone else because you don't really necessarily relate to them right as like a frat guy or a party guy yeah i mean one thing's for sure is that when you are going through like quickly you know quickly ascending and like fame and status and money and everything that it's a very underrated challenge you know a lot of people like just kind of lose their way in that journey or whatever where you know it can be you know like knowing everything i know now if i had like a new business that started popping off it's like i feel like i would be very ready to you know handle that transformation that process but I, i'm guessing that when you look back on it you don't think that you actually handled yourself as well as you could have during that time period or, or what are your thoughts when you look back on that like do you regret how you sort of went along with everything yeah honestly i i don't really necessarily regret anything but i do look back and i said i wish i could have been a better person and not really sort of be uh rude to people mm. and and treat them all the same because i had this false sense of confidence and ego that I felt like was given to me and not necessarily earned, mm. you know? So when you're um, in that position of somebody new, you always want to kind of be accepted by other people and get the um, recognition, acceptance, acceptance by other people right. instead of just being yourself and letting people come to you and, you know, showing respect to you instead of having to go out of your way to earn these people's respect mm. you know and so that's what i was going through where i felt like the need i needed to earn these people's respect by being a different person and not staying true to who i was before mm. i became a member of nelk right yeah. so when did you start to feel like uh there was clear divisions between you and the guys like when you started arguing or things just seemed like they weren't really necessarily working out I, I would say in 2019 when we moved to LA for six months. Uh -huh. I feel like the, the distance started there because that's when, you know, my position as a photographer, editor, and, and filmer started to um, be taken away from me in terms of letting other people come in to do my job because they wanted to bring me more as an as a on-person entertainer and character. And that was the transition between behind the scenes to more on the scenes mm. type of uh, transition so when more people started coming on I felt more uh, complacent of not doing the same things I used to do because I got less responsibilities less um, work to do and that's why people would say oh you're so lazy you have no personality you have none this blah 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 like all this other stuff but they don't they just don't understand what the 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 behind the scenes things that weren't on camera that they know about and this is the first time i'm really like talking about it where i'm giving you a first insight of what i was experiencing what i was feeling and how i handled things in that certain way mm. so people like always want to create this assumption this narrative that they think they know who i am without actually meeting me or getting to actually have a conversation with me they just based their opinions and their own you know narratives in their head based on what they just see on camera because mm. that's all they know right and you know the same thing could say for every influencer or social media person like until you get to know this person you have no idea what they go through behind the scenes or off camera and personal lives mm. right and so to get back into that it was basically me distan distancing myself from them because i felt alienated from doing what i was originally came as a member to do mm. and so i sort of started losing that 
motivation and that inspiration where I wasn't able to do the things I used to love to do. Right. See, I was watching a clip of uh, Kyle talking about it, and that was like when he one thing he said is that like he just felt like your work ethic wasn't there because he he specified one time where they asked you, I guess, to um, review uh, or to do subtitles for a video or upload a video or do something like that, and then they came back and they were like he was watching wrestling clips on his computer <laughs> or some shit. Like yeah, like when you hear that sort of story being specified by Kyle, does that ring true? Do you? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'll admit it. I, I made a lot of mistakes where I wasn't really doing my job because, like I said, I I just wasn't feeling happy in a way. Like, I started losing that, that motivation. Mm. And I want things to distract me from the reality of what I was doing because I had other interests that I liked more, like, you know, watching basketball or watching highlights and all that stuff on YouTube where, you know, I sort of brutally honest be sort of bored a bit nowadays because I wasn't really uh, doing things like editing. I love editing now. Right. And I wasn't given that opportunity and, and, and no disrespect to them. Like, this is how I was feeling in that moment and time. Mm. And so when I look back on it, it's like, I wish I could have obviously done it differently where I could have handled it much better and mm. addressed it openly to them and told them how I really felt. But I was just scared to get the reaction of what they would think or how they would treat me after I told them, you know. And sometimes as an overthinker, I overthought what the reactions they would get if I told them my honest opinion and feelings. Mm. Right. And I didn't like I was in that moment where I felt like this was the only thing left for me. Right. How much of it was the fact that like they owned it or own it. Right. Yeah. And you were just like an employee. Yeah. It's kind of like, it can be easy. Like, I've run into these situations before where it's like, it's easy for me to work 12 fucking 18 hours a day. And it's like, you know, sometimes when you hire somebody, you want them to have that same energy as you. Exactly. But then meanwhile, like, they're just getting paid a salary. So, like, it takes a certain type of person to, like, work their ass off in with, with the future in mind of, like, I'm going to, you know, so what? I don't own part of this. I'm going to work and, you know, someday I'm going to be getting paid more. I'm going to be part of this going forward in the long term. Was that part of it for you where it's like, was it hard for you to keep up with their work ethic given that you were just an employee? Um, I I feel like at the very beginning, I was so motivated. I was so excited to be there, uh, to do this. Um, excuse me. And I was, my work ethic was, you know, up there. I, I really made sure my work ethic was to impress them where, they felt like th th I was worthy of, you know, getting paid more mm. and, you know, really um, earning earning my salary. Like, I, I really put the time in to really make sure that I was doing the best I could. And obviously, over time, when you start to feel unhappy about things and you start to feel less motivated, you really start to feel lazier mm. and, and not put in the same effort that you did when you first started. And that, and oh, sorry, and that's how it started for me um, two years ago. Where now the transition of me becoming an on-camera personality really took away my my happiness, sort of. And if if people, if some people don't really know, like you could see it in the videos. I'm sure you saw it throughout Europe and you know parts of LA when we were still in LA. Right. That I started to sort of feel a bit more unhappy and like I didn't really go along with their jokes or really you know playing along and catering to their comedy that or jokes that they like to do on me and I felt like I was 
always the butt end of the joke. You know, I, mm. I was the easy one to pick on because I didn't really react back to them or gave them a reaction that they were expecting me to give. Right. I just gave a real honest reply or reaction where I just didn't care. I didn't want to like cater to them and make them feel good, better about themselves that, you know, I'm just like a joke to them. It is weird though when you're when you're making like vlogs and shit like that. It's like sometimes you really want somebody who's not on board for the joke because it's like it can be really kind of boring when everybody's laughing. It's like sometimes you need like a the straight guy like to be able to like have like so you can say something crazy and they won't just laugh along and they'll just actually like be kind of offended or whatever. That's like an actual role in comedy but it's got to be weird to sort of just inadvertently end up that guy without yeah. necessarily wanting to be that guy right yeah exactly and then when the whole um you know gay marriage and a couple started with the wine tour mm. i wasn't necessarily on board with that and i, I was too scared to, to, to say something because it's like well i just don't want to do it that's not my character that's not who i want to be like i don't want to act gay or <laughs> homosexual sorry and and be a different person i just want to be a regular person be myself, whether or not, like, whether anyone says I'm boring or have no personality, this is just who I am. Sometimes I'm an introvert where I don't really necessarily want to express how I feel to everyone else. And sometimes I am more energetic and more talkative towards people if I really give a good vibe off of them and really have a good conversation with them, right? Mm. So it all depends on, like, how you interact with me and how you dictate a conversation with me where that's how I talk to you, right? And so for you, for example, like, I'm more talkative because you know you're you're a great guy. Like you, you're more, you're very honest, and you also keep it real with people, mm. right? And you don't BS people, right? And that's what I like about you is that you really make people know well known about how you truly feel, right? You don't hide anything. Very hard to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yo, let me ask you this: yeah. What? Um, were you always on the same page with them in terms of like partying and shit? Because sometimes I watch their videos and I'm like, it looks so fun, but I also know that I could never hang because I could just not drink on this level for days and days and days. Was was that part of it potentially? Yeah, like it's funny. I was actually talking about this last night where I would I would do I would get drunk, but like one being sober, ten being drunk, and five being tipsy. Right. I was like a six or a seven mm. almost every night because I don't want to get blacked out drunk, not remember things, but then I also want to remember what I'm doing so that at least like I could consciously know, at least think of something or be relatively aware of my surroundings and not really do anything that I will regret later on. Mm. You know, some people do that like as as a way to have fun or like sort of relieve you know all the stress whatever they have and stuff whatever the case is right but for me it was just more of like doing it to kind of pass by just mm. just to, you know just to go along with what the whole brand and the whole video was going to right um like shotgunning beers for example that's like i was so new to that where the first time i ever did it, i didn't even open the the tab <laughs> i just drank it straight and i'm like oh right. you finished them like not coming out very easily yeah. exactly i was like <laughs> what's going on here and and things like that were like i had to get used to it mm. and it took a lot of time before i actually you know started feeling okay like this is this is not bad but i don't want to like go on living till i'm 30 and still drinking and partying and doing all this fat stuff mm. you know i feel you so when uh like what was the conversation actually like when you guys 
broke up because I feel like a lot of people, like fans and shit, they simplify it down to like 905 got caught sending dick pics. But over the years, we've seen it like kind of fleshed out where it seems like actually there was a lot of stuff leading up to that. And maybe that was just the big argument that sort of ended with you guys breaking up. It wasn't so much an argument. It was just more of a confrontation of like, okay, like, you know, this is not the first time. You, he, he's he's mentioned it before. I'm sure people have seen this videos about it. Like, yeah, I made mistakes of doing it mm. and not really learning from it. And those was a time. And this is like was a time when I was so egotistical. I was so self-absorbed with myself, where I felt like I was better than everybody else at a time where I felt like okay, I had a privilege of entitlement, and like you know, girls wanted me. But nowadays they really want me or they just want to say that was with me because I'm famous, right? Mm -hmm. Or I had clout or whatever you want to call it. And so it gave me some sort of like boost of confidence that I didn't really have. Mm. And so it made me feel like, okay, like these girls want me, you know? And, and, and like I said, it was just all based on entitlement. Mm. And so I felt like, okay, this was okay. And you know, it was wrong for me to do it. And the conversation with the whole confrontation, it was like, it was civil. It's mm. like, I understand that I made a mistake, that I shouldn't have done what I done. It just all could have been avoided if I just, you know, kept in my pants. Yeah. Mm. You know, people joke about this all the time on Instagram and anywhere on social media where, like, they just say, like, oh, you did it. But at the same time, like, who hasn't? Sent a dick pic? Yeah. Uh, I sent, like, maybe two in my life, but I feel like they were with girls who, like, very clearly wanted me mm -hmm. to send a dick pic at that point I, d I do think yeah that's like kind of a unique thing to a lot of people they don't really understand where the dick pic thing would have come from yeah and i think we all the main thing is i accept that it was you know unwanted unsolicited mm. which that's a mistake that i made that i accept now and i take responsibility that it was a mistake that i shouldn't have it's a mistake i shouldn't have done mm. and that you know they don't want to see that <laughs> you right. know and, and and yeah like people you know people call me stupid all the time for doing it i was like yeah it was in the moment of me not realizing what the consequences would be or what mm. would happen in the future because nobody could predict the future. And so when we were talking in Ibiza about it, they're just like, you know what, like we have to let you go. Mm. And I said, I understand, like, if this is what you want, I'm not going to argue with you because it's, it's a decision that I even accepted, mm. right? Yeah, like how upset were you about it? Because it kind of feels like you guys weren't, it, like it, it sort of must have been kind of obvious to you at that point like this is not really working out that great but at the same time it must have been tough having the, the cord cut all of a sudden huh? yeah and and the thing is like i will admit that that's not the, it's it's obviously not the greatest way to end a relationship with mm. somebody obviously it could have been handled differently where i could have been more open be like hey guys like this is not working out for me i'm feeling a bit unhappy i'm not really liking the way that the content is becoming and I don't want to be a different person. And I could have said I'm quitting or I'm, um, what's the word? I'm leaving. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I'm voluntary quitting, mm. you know, instead of being fired. Because fire is not the greatest way to end a relationship or the company or brand or whatever the, the, the relationship is with that person. So obviously, looking back, it could have been held. It could have been handled more, much differently. And the outcome of it today could have been completely different mm. where people wouldn't judge me or assume things or call me like say negative things right yeah have you done any kind of therapy or like done have you gone out of your way to like sort of gain an understanding of like what happened through all this because i'm sure it was kind of traumatic to you to some extent right yeah and especially because for the first couple of months people were like were wondering what happened to you what happened mm. to you like why aren't you talking about this 
And over the past year and a half, people kept saying to me, like, talk about it, expose them, and, like, air out your dirty laundry to them. But in reality, it's more of like, why should I do that? Why should I go out of my way to start a whole new um, argument or drama that people want to see when it's not necessary? Right. You know, because at the end of the day, it's not benefiting me. It's mm. only making it worse for myself and making it a whole new conversation brought up again. Right. And so that's what people wanted. I just strayed away from answering questions like, oh, something about Steve or like even on like TikTok lives or Instagram lives, people would always ask like, what happened with Nelk? And right. in the comments, like, what happened to you? Like you fell off, you did this, you're like you're a nobody now. And it's like, it does take a toll on you mentally uh, and emotionally when people consistently say that every single day for the past year and a half, mm. you know, bringing you down and like basically like, affecting you without and always telling you yourself that oh i could i could get through this i could you know manage to get through every single day now that you know it's just words but mm. at the same time i have preached it before cyberbullying is still real mm. it's a real thing and people think it's just a joke because bullying is something that happens in person mm. and people die over it people commit suicide because they don't know how to handle themselves and if they don't have therapy who do they go to? They don't They don't necessarily want to go to their family because they're scared of opening themselves up to them and, and telling them how they really feel. Mm. And when you hold that self in you, you sort of result to the most um, dangerous things like drugs, alcohol, suicide, or getting into gangs or just whatever, right? Mm. And so for me, it was just more of like focusing myself on what I want to do and that would be photography, video, filming, content creation. Mm. And that's what kind of drew me to sort of getting over it and starting my own journey and creating my own storyline and narrative to what people want to see me as now. Mm. And that's kind of what helped me. And I didn't really go through therapy because mm. uh, I've told this before, I keep it short, but when I was younger, like uh, around 13, 14 or 15-ish, I tried to commit suicide twice. Wow, really? Yeah. And that's a whole separate story, but... Was you, that from, like, bullying in school or it, that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I said this on my last podcast that I did about a month ago. And, you know, cyberbullying, uh, bullying in person. I was treated like a nobody. I was alone all the time. So that really took into account of, like, how my mental and social life was as a kid and that obviously translated to how i was as an adult oh. and then you know i i tried committing suicide the first time where i wrapped an extension cord around my neck in my brother's room wow. and i tried to hang myself and right before i did that my mom walked in and you know confronted me about it what are you doing like why do you want to kill yourself and so i went to therapy for maybe a couple sessions and it wasn't really working out for me because i'm like what is this guy going to do for me uh -huh. and Therapy is not so much, it's not for everybody. There are people out there that do therapy because it helps them talk about it more. And so it still happened in high school where the same thing happened where I felt like I had new friends, I had a new uh, circle of people around me, but it was still getting treated the same way. And so nobody really took me seriously because I was just like that quiet Asian kid mm. as a stereotype, right? right? And so I felt the same way where I debated if I want to kill myself again. Wow. You know, and so...
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, if it, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here today. And, you know, I yeah. wouldn't be talking to you. Well, I mean, I've seen it on your uh, Twitter that I think you had, like, ca- uh, put a bunch of your different Instagram stories in a tweet that was basically you talking about all the shit that you get from people and how that, I mean, not that you were actually thinking about it, but it seemed like you were kind of trying to communicate to people, like, giving me such a hard time like this like you're really playing with me emotionally and like people really kill themselves over this kind of shit and it's like i'm sure the average person when they're giving you a hard time in the comments they think that you should just be able to deal with it because they consider you famous or whatever but you know obviously that's not really no like people go through all the time celebrities athletes they talk about the mental health like kid cuddy for example Mm. dealt with depression um now he's out here wearing a dress oh is he well he wore it on snl at least for a little bit Right, so it does change the people's mentalities of how they want to live their life now, right? It really does to take a toll on them. And, you know, so for me, it was more of just like, how do I handle all of this? Mm. How do I get through to these uh, viewers that are watching my stories, videos or photos and connect with them personally to understand what I'm going through as a human being and not as a celebrity or f- influencer or whatever, right? Mm. And a lot of these people are like high school kids or they're young, like, 14 to 21 or something they don't really know better Mm. they don't understand the reality of what people go through or they can't relate to them because they're not at that level of their mindset where they could understand the person's perspective Mm. and and relate to it and you know tell themselves okay this person's actually just a regular human being right you know yeah i mean like one story that's in the news right now is that the tennis player naomi osaka i think it's her last name yeah she's ybn namir or ybn corday's girlfriend and she like is this this huge tennis star and she like canceled her media obligations uh and i guess they fined her fifteen thousand dollars because if you're playing in this tennis league you're supposed to do all the media stuff and that's kind of an interesting question because it's like she's like my mental health was was not good at this time i don't think i could handle it and i've always been used to seeing people in the ufc or in basketball whatever if you don't do the interviews after the post game wrap up whatever then you get fined or you're in trouble or whatever and it's just kind of accepted that in sports you're supposed to be tough and that's what this is all about is like mental toughness Mm -hmm. is going to be like what determines who's graded this but at the same time it's kind of like i mean that shit is not for everybody like a lot a lot of times the answer is not just being relentlessly tough on yourself. The answer is like giving yourself some time, giving yourself some space, like giving yourself room to feel sad and 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 et cetera. And I mean, I feel like that's somehow relevant to this. Yeah, like Co- like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron mm-hmm. James. They're the most talked about because they have the most uh, controversial opinions, but they, they tell it how it is. And people obviously, even watching this interview, they they could agree they could disagree that doesn't matter to me mm. that's your own opinion create your own opinion you don't have to like me but at least try to understand not even try just do your best to understand what i'm trying to say and regardless if you want to like me or not i'm just going to continue living my life the way i want to and surround myself with good people and if that's if you don't want to accept that that's their problem like that's their own choice and i can't change people's opinions or choices on their life because that's how they want to live. Mm. I'm focused on myself. 
And until you focus on yourself and worry about yourself more, you can't help other people around you. Mm. So that's just kind of how I, you know, dictate my life a bit. I feel you. Um, did you do you see this like live stream clip that I was talking about that Kyle had where he was talking about you? Because in that clip, he did seem like a little bit more frustrated and like annoyed with talking about the subject in comparison to like when you first left, there was like a podcast clip that came out that seemed a little bit more like they were trying to be cool about it. It feels mm -hmm. like almost like he kind of feels like the same way you do, where he's like frustrated with people always want to talk about it. And like, he just sort of lashed out in that stream clip. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I make people have like tagged me and it, sent it to me, but I didn't really watch it because honestly, I don't really watch them anymore. Mm. And it's not because I don't like them uh, personally. Um, I have nothing against them. It's just more of like, that's not the content that I want to watch or focus myself on. If you're going to move on, you got to, you got to let them cut go. ties at a certain point, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And people are just like, they just don't want to accept that. Like mm -hmm. they're always going to remember me that as that person, part of Nelk. And like, like I said, like, I just want to focus myself on like photography related content, videos or editing and just other people that are in the same industry as me and focus on, uh, learning from them mm -hmm. and, and applying that to other people watching me and being able to see my own journey and my own, you know, creativeness, right? Mm. And at some point, <laughs> at some point, you just got to move on from it and accept what's going on and that we're on two different pathways. Mm. Like, they're doing their own thing. They're, you know, doing their merch, doing their content, traveling the world. That's awesome for them. I, I really do. And I said this before, I do wish them the best with everything they're doing. But then they also, people also have to sort of know that I'm doing my own thing now. You feel like you've been on a journey of, like, getting better on camera and like figuring out what kind of content you want to do exactly yeah. and and vlogging is a way of really opening myself up more personally uh on camera and off camera where you know people get to see what i do the encounters that i meet like i get to meet people like fans that recognize me um, in public and i record it because i want to show people this is what really kind of goes on with you know, everyday life whenever I get recognized. And there are there are good people out there that do appreciate everything I do. Right, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, especially, like, with, uh, with your, like, on-camera capacity, it feels like you've gotten a lot more comfortable because I attempted and then gave up on watching the interview that you did and the before they were famous thing because uh. I, I honestly made, like, a minute in and I was like, this is too awkward. <laughs> like, this is just not... And, and it wasn't even all you... No offense, Michael McCrudden, but that was also like, it felt awkward as shit from him too. I was like, I'm just going to talk to him tomorrow. I'm not watching this. But I feel like you got a lot more comfortable since then. Yeah, I feel like for you, it's more of like, you're more laid back. You don't really Oh, but it took a long time to get here. Like, I used to be awkward as fuck, too. And yeah, it was, I would be so fucking nervous the whole day before an interview. It's, it took, like, beating that out of me over and over and over to make that go away. Yeah, you know? and I felt the same way before we were on camera. I'm mm. like, I, in, in moments like this, I'm a bit nervous because I don't know what to expect. Mm. I don't know how the conversation is going to go, whether it be an uncomfortable, awkward situation or if it's just more of a layback where I get to be myself and not be judged by you or, you know, your employees or whatever, like, listening to this because, like, Laura is very judgmental. <laughs> Her heart is full of hate. So, just kidding. And like for me, it's more of like this is the op these are opportunities that I want to sort of clear the air where I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody where they're not judgmental or biased. Mm. They have an open mind where they could hear what I have to say 
and give their own takes, but not necessarily pick a side. They just want to like know the truth, right. right? And that's what I like about people who do their interviewing role properly. Mm. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what else are you uh, excited about in life right now besides doing the YouTube thing? What kind of stuff are you on TikTok? I didn't check you out on there yet. Oh yeah, yeah. So basically, I have a system to myself where I have a YouTube video. I edit everything up together, make a whole video out of it. And then I cut up pieces like montages or vlog footage, like fan encounters or just cool places I go to. And I cut them up into like 15 to 30 second videos right. and just put that on TikTok. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like how people do on YouTube where they have a YouTube clip, like a YouTube clip channel where they take parts of the podcast, like Logan, for example. Right. They take parts of their clips and they just cut it up to like, you know, segments. Mm. And that's kind of like what I do with my YouTube videos. I cut it up into segments and post it on Instagram, sometimes on TikTok. But is it weird that you're always filming like this, but then you're also thinking about what slicing it down the center <laughs> would look like? Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's just like I, I just film it as wide as I can on my lens mm. so that I don't have to worry about you know, editing it to the point where like, okay, do I have to worry about the cropping size? Mm. Um, I do it by a portrait, like, you know, portrait size. I know some people like you, you do like the, the full screen, which does work for a lot of people. But for me, I just like to keep it simple. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're like fully cropped in like this, like if you're getting as close as you can possibly get, then doing the crop becomes really difficult yeah. so if you leave it zoomed out a little bit it's probably a lot better yeah and that's, and that's the whole thing i in my mind i'm a visionary sometimes where i envision before it happens how i want it to look before mm. i film it like for example like when i was here i vlogged a bit before the podcast i envision how what i'm gonna say how it's gonna look and you know introducing you for example right in my in my video that that's like everything is kind of pre-planned in my head right and even with the editing it's pre-planned of like how do I want this to look? How do I want people to, um, you know, know the narrative to the story? I feel you. Yeah. For sure. Um, is there anything else that you're excited about that you've been working on? Oh, anything? yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, my buddy's a PR. Uh, he works at an agency. Oh. So he, we've been connecting with a lot of other PR people in California and meeting with them and doing potential work. I did a Nasty Gal pop-up event. I just kind of shot some photos and videos for them. Oh, nice. And that was the first... Uh, pop-up event in LA I you know I'm looking forward to traveling more to California or just around the world and being able to like work with brands and you know get paid to work there and you know take photos and videos for them as clientele and build up really build up my resume mm. and you know just being able to just enjoy life yeah <laughs> that's really it that's dope yeah because when I first when you dm me I was like you know what this is an interesting story because a lot of times you will hear about somebody who sort of gets like you know unceremoniously ousted from like a vlog crew or some shit like that and you know you just sort of never hear from them again or you know they just kind of off the map after that mm -hmm. so it's like I'm, I'm glad to see that you through that whole process I feel like you kind of went through the process of finding yourself yeah. and figuring out who you really were. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess and to segue into another thing, um, I mentioned that I've been sober now for over a year and oh. now five months now. Wow. Yeah. How's that going? It's going great. It's actually, um, I say this all the time, it saves me money. Yeah. Saves me sleep, yeah. energy, and just time in general. And I get to mentally be more f healthier, physically um, mentally, right. spiritually, like it really helps me focus more and really like put my time into more 
better things. Yeah. And we can't all be Steve. We'll do it, man. Like I'm watching <laughs> their shit. And I'm starting him just crush bottles of alcohol. And I'm like, bro, you, your insides must be so different from mine that that actually works for you. Cause that would be like the end of my week right there. Yeah. Yeah. And back in the day we would go like three, four times a week. Right. Straight. Sometimes we call it a, a grand slam. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, much respect. I mean, I, we smoke enough weed that honestly, there's probably people who look at us like that, like, wow, you guys are like superheroes of weed. Yeah, and um, I'm the Steve will do it of Kush. <laughs> Somebody write that down. And the funny thing is, so after Halloween 2019, that's when I first started my sobriety. Mm. Um, I, I I said to myself as a as a joke, like, hey, I'm gonna go a month without alcohol or weed, and you know, went by. I'm like, you know what? Let's try again. Let's do December, the most difficult month of the entire year. Mm. And I did that. The only exception was I went to vacation in the Philippines. That's mm. the only time I drank. And it was like, okay, it was casual. It was just like, you know, a couple of drinks, playing with my family, mm. like a game and all that. But that was the last time I really drank um, and smoked in like, yeah, Halloween. Nice. Yeah. So it's been a long time. But honestly, I feel so much better. Um, I feel better. I feel more happier in terms of like not having to be hung over in the morning or having to, you know, feel like like trash <laughs> yeah no definitely I, for me once i kind of like cut that out my life just made so much more sense because during the time of my life where i was trying to like really work hard and party i was just burning the candle on both ends and you can yeah. just you can only do that for so long exactly you know? and it really does interfere with like work and partying mm. if you mix those two together it doesn't really work out well because what do you what do you care more about your work or your partying to like impress people or make yourself look good in front of other people right yeah i don't really feel like you can be that great at either of them but like what you know what like if you are really like i used to do interviews like i would be up fucking all night drinking and doing coke and then come in and do an interview on one hour sleep yeah. and i mean it was i was kind of amazed with myself and proud of myself that i did show up and just do it but it was fucking hell doing it i feel like i'm gonna die during it and i mean is that interview as good as it could have been definitely not no you know no I mean? and like I've, I've watched past interviews where like you felt tired a bit oh, yeah. or like you ran into situations where like it was awkward like i remembered one time the guy was so drunk that he came into your uh, podcast and you wanted to do it and like you basically <laughs> your team basically like the manager's like don't do this interview and then like, yeah. it was like 15 minutes and then all of a sudden like he passed out or something yeah it was Shout like, out a, the boom. i heard he's doing great now though i heard yeah. he's like real healthy and shit now yeah right? yeah and so like for example, I mean, just an example, like people are at the darkest times, but over time, if you take your, if you really take into consideration your health and your mindset, you really do change who you become now. And people don't realize like, okay, like, is this the same guy he was a year and a half ago, two years ago? Like, no, like I really took the time to develop myself um, as a person and the people around me and being able to like, be more kind to people and really show more respect to people that I may or may not know of, right? Mm. Because you never know what their stories are, you know? And that's that's the thing that I've taught through this book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, the uh, Mark Manson book. Mark Manson, right? yeah, yeah. And I, I preached this before. Where that, that book literally changed my life. Really? It completely changed my life 180, where now I'm accepting responsibilities for myself, the values that I have, and this podcast really the things i'm saying right now is all sort of based through that book because i would never have come on this podcast confidently and being able to openly talk about these situations or these stories or tell you how i felt because i was so scared of um 
caring what other people thought about me, mm. right? And, you know, my goal is to just, like, show people that I'm changing for the better and that I'm not the same person that you saw me off camp or off of Nelk, right? Because that's basically the last l memory they have of me, mm. right? When you look back and you see those last few videos, that's the, the new viewers, that's the only thing that they remember me for as, like, my last memory with them. Mm. And I want to change that now. And, you know, people don't have to, like, sort of like it like, or, or agree with what I'm doing, but this is how I want to change the, the landscape of my life and my career now. You know, and I hope that this, you know, sort of changed people's minds about me or, you know, reconsider what they really thought about me before I came on this podcast, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm just, I, th I think it's a really cool thing that we could sort of uh, show how you've managed to, you know, get your shit together after that and stuff. Because, I mean, probably there's a lot, there's probably a lot more people who relate to you and sort of going through these sort of issues than people who don't relate you know like for everybody who's like talking shit on your instagram or whatever i'm sure there's more people that would appreciate hearing about the journey you know yeah exactly and that's that's what i came on uh before i came on this podcast that's what i was telling myself like i want people to hear the behind stories of how i came to this position oh, yeah. if it wasn't for now and if it wasn't for kyle i wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this podcast with you because if i reach out to you and you you know, I didn't have credibility to myself. You'd be like, oh, it's just another guy trying to be on my podcast. You know, mm -hmm. who the fuck is this guy? Right. You know? Yeah. I'm a cloud chaser. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> and um, one last thing I kind of want to bring up, too, is, like, the whole situation with that girl. Um, people don't know. She was actually 20. Okay. So, like, people, that's, uh, you know, break the ice with that. So there was a specific girl that wasn't just, like, because I thought it was, like, a bunch of girls or, like, that, that was sort of presented that way. Yeah, it was. Okay. So it wasn't just her, but it was her specifically where she recorded it from her from her buddy's phone and, you know, put, sent that to Keem, and, you know, that's how it got leaked, mm. right? And, you know, the whole situation with that. And so I apologized to her uh, about it. And I said, hey, like, I'm sorry for what I did. I knew it was a mistake. I know that I shouldn't have done that. And no, not just her, but every other female in the world should never have to experience that. And that I was, I'm taking responsibility for myself, right? And that my actions weren't right. And that I am never doing that again. And I haven't done it since. So she actually read my message right away. And she's like, you know what? Like, I appreciate you for, uh, for apologizing to me. I accept your apology. I forgive you. And she said, even for her, she said, I made the mistake of being immature by recording that. It shouldn't have led to that, um, that it shouldn't have led to that situation where now that's publicly out there for everyone to see, right? She, she could have just handled it differently where maybe like she sees it, she messages me back, say, hey, stop this. Like, right. don't do that again. And I would have been like, you know, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. But because she did that, that's how it ended up becoming what it is today. Mm, and right. she acknowledges it. Hey, you learn from it and moved on. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as, as, as time goes on, we learn to change who we are because maybe we don't accept who we are right now and we don't want to become the same person we were before. Mm. And that's how I, you know, like I said, that's why I want to be now. I want, I want to be somewhat of a good role model to people and, and, and you know, the only way I could do that is to show people my honest self to them, mm. you know? 
Respect. Yeah. yeah Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. Um, anything else you want to say to the, the world out there before we wrap this up? Um, Raptors and six. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. Did yeah. you ever see that video I posted? What? So May 29th of 2019, I tweeted out before the finals. I said, Raptors are going to win in six. Okay. And I posted a TikTok of like that tweet, the clip that I said predicting it, and then showing the, the, the lasting moments of the series when the Raptors won. And then, you know, they're like 2019 NBA champions. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I wish <laughs> I knew about basketball. One day. And your, your podcast is called No Jumper. And I, anyone who has seen me play basketball will tell you no jumper yeah but you're tall though so you have an advantage the advantage doesn't really matter it appears <laughs> <laughs> i do have an advantage but somehow the advantage has not worked out for me hey. that's one thing i want to do once i get to the point where i actually have a house that's big enough that we got like a basketball court if that ever happens i'm gonna actually like learn to like shoot the ball good because whenever i do like i can't remember what the fuck i was doing when i was playing basketball when i was like nine i can't remember i'm like what like what am i doing with my hands here it doesn't feel right so I'm going to figure it out one yeah, day. Yeah, one day. I mean, you could go on those uh, celebrity uh, basketball games, right? Right. Someday. Well, I've seen there's an app that you, like, set up on a tripod, and it traces your shot, and it, like, will tell you, like, what you need to do different. Oh, really? I was like, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Technology is amazing. Yeah. I might get a real coach, though. I don't know, I don't <laughs> know if I trust the app. <laughs> Hire a real coach, then. Yeah. If anyone wants to teach me how to shoot a basketball at 37, let me know. Really? 37? Yeah. Wow. Let me you, look, soon, yeah. you look younger. Yeah, thank you. At I'm not. I'm old as fuck. I'm only, well, I'm turning 27 in July. Damn. So people think I'm younger. Venmo him f for a drink. I don't have Venmo. <laughs> Ca Canadians don't have cash app, Venmo, any of that stuff. You can't even use it? No. Or you just, people you don't You can't like even download it. it. Really? No. We have something in Canada called e-transfer, which is basically the same thing. Wow. Yeah. When I had, we had a house on Malibu and this uh, weekend and there was a fucking like uh, a house full of like girls who just graduated high school <laughs> next door and they had a van outside and there was writing all over the van that said like, Venmo me for a drink, like Venmo me a drink. And I'm thinking like, like you have enough fucking money to get a house on Malibu for the weekend and you're asking people to Venmo you for a drink. And it says right there, you just graduated high school, which wow. I assume means that you're not old enough to legally drink. Yeah. Or if you come to Canada, get get loaded. 19, uh, 18 in some provinces. First place I ever got loaded was in Montreal. Yeah, 18. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Quebec. I was 16. I don't even know who we got to buy us. Quebec, Manitoba. No, yeah, Quebec, Manitoba, and Alberta are the only provinces that are 18. Really? Everything else is 19. 19. Yeah. Was there ever a 16? Because I was 16 drinking in Montreal. Nope. No, that's no. in Europe. We must have got a bum, a bum to buy it for us or something. Europe is 16. That's crazy. Yeah. If I went to a bar and there was a 16-year-old kid drinking, I'd be like, all right, I'm out of here, bro. This is not normal. This is weird. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. 905. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support. And Friday, we'll be listening to your music. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you.